The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. And of course, Sam Hudson joins us for Corn Belt Marketing. And before we jump in, I do have to say, happy birthday, Sam. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Let's. You know, I wish we had some more exciting things to talk about than planting delays and lower numbers that we saw in most of the grains. But I think we will start with a little bit of excitement has been this wheat market. Can we say the wheat was kind of the carrying factor for today's trade? Yeah, it just seemed like it had a path of least resistance for uh, for a higher market. I think everyone's going to expect that the conditions today are going to drop. I think it's just to what degree. And with more rains coming, uh, there's going to be continued expectations that we'll see that in the weeks ahead as well. So not only are we struggling with that here in the U.S., um, but it, uh, you know, the weather uh, climate has been pretty dry in parts of the Canadian prairies, Black Sea region, as well as in Australia. So you got a little bit of that coming into play, too, around the edges. And with funds still short, uh, that market, it, like I said, it seems like it's the easiest way to go for now. As we look at uh, the dollar dropped, uh, is that any sort of trade concern? Um, in, in terms of just the direction in, in, in general for the long term or short term, I mean, I think we, you know you can look at both sides of the coin there. Um, and we look at uh, you know just the Dow in general, you know what that relationship could be, but it's not the make or break for everything. However, when we look at things being very competitive over the short term, if you see a big break like this, um, you know half a percent in one day, then you can quickly quickly have uh, you know one one destination become more valuable than the other. And you know the challenge we're still going to have here in the U.S. is just with the U.S. river systems being flooded. Still, it's going to be a, a damper on demand here probably well into July. You know, you talk about the salmon, and we have seen, you know, we've been so focused on, on the issues to the north. We now know they're talking flooding from Minnesota to the Gulf. Looking at it across the way as well, from Nebraska over to where you guys are at, I mean, this is a big swath we're having to deal with. Oh, it is, and I think, you know, the fact that it's still, still going to be, uh, you know, coming down the, the Mississippi, the lower Mississippi just hasn't seen, uh, I don't think, anything like this before, uh, and, and not only the amount, but how long it could sustain for. Um, you know, heavy rains over the last uh, few weeks, we had 20, you know, in between 10 and 20 inches of rain across a large part of the central corn belt, and uh, like I said, this week it's not going to get any better, and, and depending on how far north this tropical system, you know, pushes things, I think it could have a great impact on where, not only where, but how much rainfall we see. We do have, as, as normally we do on a Monday, the planning progress report coming out from the USDA. Are we going to see any surprises or, like you mentioned before we started the final bell, something we're going to be trading on into next week's numbers? And I think that's where we're probably at already, as long as we don't see any major deviation from the expectations. Uh, looks like the low end of the trade gets is 68% all the way up to 76% today for corn, with the average being 71. Uh, and I think it's pretty good odds that we land somewhere in there. I think, the again, the big challenge is going to be trying to figure out where we could land next week. We've got a couple days here um, where we're going to have a decent window in these areas that missed rain. Uh, but there is a chance here tonight and even going into tomorrow. And if we miss that, I think you get a whole another 24 to 36 hours potentially a work get, uh, that gets done. Uh, if they hit strike, then who knows? I mean, that could be all she wrote for some acres in Illinois. We've heard a lot of talk of throwing in the towel, not only here in Nebraska, but in Illinois and other states as well. Is that being factored into these market talks? 
Well, I, I think it has to be. I mean, you know, when you look at a state like South Dakota, where we're you know pretty well past the you know last uh, final plant date for corn, and pretty much everywhere west of Mississippi, we're already past that. June fifth uh, here in Illinois, here in a couple of days. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we have to assume that at least three to five million are going to go to prevent plant, probably well over that. I think the question is, do we get the ten million, uh, a number like that, or are we looking at something where uh, you know we're going to get the you know three or four million in the last uh, you know week when we possibly can and. and Take note of what conditions some of the stuff is being done into, uh, and what has already been planted, what's been drowned out, and might normally need to be redone. So they don't take the prevent plant. Can they still get beans in? Can this market handle the amount of bean acres that could possibly go in if corn doesn't get in the ground? Well, I think it's a fine line you walk there because, you know, if you look at it today, uh, let's take a South Dakota, for example. When you look at soybeans trading, uh, you know, just around the $9 mark and you still got a basis of over a buck, you know, does that really look attractive to you? And I think a lot of the prevent plant, especially with the, the chances that they could increase some of those payments, uh, I think it's a difficult, you know, decision to, to really feel good about going with beans unless they rally. And I think that's something to be, you know, looking, on that, looking out for here over the next two to three weeks with funds still being short beans. If we get any notion that uh, we will see more acres going to prevent plant, and keep in mind that, you know, Sonny Purdue talking about this again today uh, on whether or not those MFP payments will be included for acres that are included in prevent plant. That, that could you know, still hold a big weight over how much is, is going to be put into there. And, uh, you know, a lot's going to be figured out over the next two to four weeks. But, uh, you know, again, when are we going to start talking about uh, bean planting progress in general and, and what the potential is there for overall production? Even though we're in a trade war, um, you know, if you take off a billion bushels off the balance sheet and, you know, create an acreage battle here by the end of the year, it's kind of an all boats rise and high water uh, sort of situation. Well, you talk about the, the the trade challenges that are going on. I mean, we've got the issues now back in again with Mexico. We're sitting in a standstill waiting for China, though it does sound like there's some China talks that said, hey, we're ready to, to go to, and I use quotations and this, go to war on this tariff issue. That's all going to take a toll, don't you think, on these markets in the long run? I mean, it's not going to hurt anything, or excuse me, it's not going to make anything help anything, but we've got to take that and kind of put it to the side right now because uh, you know, all these demand you know, situations that we're going to have to take you know, hold, uh, you know, account for, uh, we still have a supply situation at hand that could far outweigh that, especially the works it gets. Uh, it looks to me, since we've missed some of these rains over the weekend and early this week, that we're going to avoid kind of the worst case scenario uh, in terms of what acres we can get planted for, for corn. I think uh, if we had caught rains this weekend and early this week, uh, I think you're looking at maybe a, a number closer to 80 million that the trade would be considering on that. At this point, I think we're going to get more than that in. It's just to, uh, again, how much and, and what kind of condition is it in. But yeah, uh, you got to kind of put all that to the side and understand there's only a finite number of, of bushels you can pull out of demand. And keep in mind, too, with the corn market. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sam Hudson's joining us with Corn Belt Marketing. We talked about the grains and the impact that we've been seeing, obviously with lack of plant and all the moisture that's been moving in the areas. Let's do the flip side. As we look at the livestock side, are we going to see some rising feed cost issues for these producers? 
Uh, I think that's been the knee-jerk reaction, at least so far. Obviously, feeder cattle's kind of taken it on the chin here over the last week or so, uh, part of that being uh, attributed to, to the corn and rising costs there. And I don't know that it's, uh, you know, the, this big of a rally was, was necessarily seen even just four or five weeks ago. Of course, if you would have put us in this position, one would be able to speculate on that. Uh, but I don't think it, you know... Uh, humans were maybe able to, to adjust as quick with the market and if they don't have that locked in it's going to kind of be a drag on things for now but on top of things you got the trade situations going on and the fact that you know hogs we still got the ASF situation going on uh, overseas and we haven't really seen a dramatic impact on our demand yet and I think when that finally happens uh, it'll be similar to what we've seen in the grains where all, all boats rise uh, sort of situation but it just hasn't come to fruition yet we need to see the cash prices grab hold find some traction and, and that'll be the next thing in my opinion to lead these markets higher if we can find some sort of seasonal low here in the weeks ahead last thing we wanted to hear was that african swine fever had spread to north korea it just kind of puts more into reality how easily this this virus is and and it continues to spread across the world yeah it is and it's concerning i mean no doubt it, it almost feels like uh you know there's more and more people kind of getting on the bandwagon too that it's just inevitable we're going to get it here in the u.s uh and you know be difficult to try to understand how that's really going to impact things in terms of timing short term and long term but until that happens I guess we just have to see if there's going to be uh, enough interest in, in sending pork overseas and, and how bad they're going to be wanting it. You can guarantee with World Pork Expo going on in a some sort of fashion this week there's going to be a lot of discussions around those pit of pens of show pigs. I would certainly assume so. <laughs> Does it see, I mean we, we continue to talk about African swine fever and how much it affects you know not the soybean market but also affects you know the hog market do we see more residual effect i, I had read and i talked to another broker talked about affecting the whey market um having a little bit of impact as well on the cattle market because of all those what ifs that are out there yeah and and you know on the feed side of things too i mean i think we've just seen everything uh, re, you know trying to readjust here over the last couple of weeks um, when you look at, at other uh, alternatives feed alternatives in terms of just corn between corn wheat bdg all these other uh, you know ingredients that we can be using and i think you're going to see uh, you know producers really try to adapt to that here in the weeks ahead depending on what prices do and i think we're still trying to figure out in this corn market in particular if we're in, in a sprint or a, or a marathon in terms of finding uh, you know fair value for price it just seems like long term with what we've got uh, upon us in terms of acreage and the conditions it's getting in uh, one would think that higher prices at least have to hold to some degree um, but like i said if we end up assuming that we plant less than 85 million acres and maybe closer to 80 when it's all said and done if these rains do become heavy and, and stay here um you know, maybe that's the sprint, uh, the sprint mentality, and we got to go higher now to get the rationing done on the front end. Trade issues with Mexico. Mexico, we were talking about this off air, did not have a knee-jerk reaction like we see with China, but still, it's having an effect on our trade. Yeah, a lot more tempered uh, reaction there than you uh, than we're used to seeing. I guess um, you hope the the longevity isn't there too, and we don't have to see these you know, constant increases and in spats back and forth. Uh, obviously, it's probably the the path that not many would like to see. But if uh, if it offers results, that's great. Uh, I just think with all the uncertainty today, that you know, when you have where you have that, the selling typically wins. What else are we seeing that producers need to be focused on? We've had such a focus on the grain side that these guys maybe need something else to, to focus on from a livestock perspective. Anything that we need to be doing marketing-wise in, in the next month or so as we hit the new month of June? 
You know, I think from, you know, across the board, you just have to start looking almost at next year already. You know, uh, we mentioned all these things kind of readjusting and kind of blowing themselves up here. Uh, and the road to finding fair value in the, in the weeks and months ahead is not going to be easy. I would expect a lot of volatility. Um, and this kind of ties back to, you know, the, the grain farmer, too, is just think about how some of this is going to impact you for next year from a cropping plan standpoint, from an input uh, standpoint. And, you know, we can focus all we want to on, on last year's crop and this year's crop for now, but I think enough damage has been done to, to say that we're probably not going to reverse head lower and stay there at this point. I think you're probably looking at the pretty good odds that uh, at least 385, if not 390 plus uh, you know, corn futures have got to be at least a floor for now until we figure more out. And it definitely has put a whole new mode of action, shall we say, when it comes to trying to figure out your marketing plan, both from a grain and livestock perspective with so much in the air. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and how all those mesh together and, and how... Um, you know, you can take advantage of that and leverage that, especially in the diversified operations. Lots to think about as we look ahead into the markets in the month of June. As producers want to talk more about what's happening in this marketplace and, and the uncertainties, and what's the best way to get a hold of you? 800-655-3380 or www.cornbeltmarketing.com. And we should also mention that you are on Twitter as well. They can follow along with some market action there. Yeah, at CMOB Hudson, uh, find us on Cornwall Marketing there as well, and uh, stay up to date with the best news you can on Twitter. All right, sounds like it. Thanks so much. That is the birthday boy today, Sam Hudson, joining us with Corn Belt Marketing. And we're here broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkup. Uh, you're listening, of course, to the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thank you to Fontenelle and all their local dealers as well, right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.